Hello and welcome to chapter one of of Muggles and Mudbloods, the Harry Potter podcast, where we discuss the cha- each chapter of the Harry Potter books from a Muggle-born or Muggle perspective. My name is Tad Wickman, uh, and I am and I am here with Mona Musa. What's up, everybody? We are two Harry Potter nerds and political si- political science students based at Stockholm's University, and we have decided to, during this COVID pandemic, get out of our procrastination by taking our regular procrastination and making it into a Harry Potter podcast. So, over the coming weeks, we'll be dis- discussing the first Harry Potter book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, from Muggle or Muggleborn born perspectives discussing how these things would be experienced by you as a muggle-born or if you're muggle. So today, chapter one, we'll be talking about wizards in the news and wizard-muggle interactions in the day-to-day life. Today, from the perspective primarily of Vernon Dursley. So before we jump into that, we are going to do a 30-second recap of the chapter to get everyone caught up about what happens here. And that person today is Mona Musa. Take it away. Oh, jeez, oh, this is going to be stressful. Okay. Get your timer on. Let's get this going. And three, two, one. So this chapter talks about um, a normal day where Mr. Jose is going to work. He imagines, uh, he, sees a, he sees a cat reading a map. He sees people dressed in brightly colored clo- cloaks. Um, he, he hears people whispering about the Potters, Potters and Harry Potter. And he, he, he bumps into someone, he gets called a muggle and the, and the words, you know, who gets mentioned? He goes to an office. On the ninth floor and, and doesn't face that's the wind. It. That's thirty seconds. No way. That's thirty seconds. So oh. we missed out on the most important oh. part: Harry Potter getting delivered by Rubius Hagrid to Privet Drive. Yeah, but I was going by order. I can't just say random facts here and there. But we've got to get most of the stuff in anyway. <sighs> Anyway, um, the chapter ends with Harry Potter being left on the doorstep of Privet Drive, not knowing that all around England, witches and wizards meeting in secret were lifting their glasses and saying to Harry Potter, the boy who lived. And before we get into the main part of the episode, I just want to mention something that 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 really resonated with me, and that's the idea that they're not meeting in secret from the muggle world because everything in the wizarding world is already in secret. Um, So this might have been the intention originally of JK to be thinking about the muggle world, but they're really meeting in secret from the Death Eaters because the Death Eaters, even after the fall of Voldemort, aren't gone. They're still around, they're still at large, and they're trying to find out what happened to the Dark Lord. And they're Searching. We we all know what happened to Frank and Alice Longbottom. So, and if you don't, please read the books and come back to us after that. To be honest, that would be me because I do not remember. It's been a long time. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, 
fantastic. And here we are. Now we are at the subject of wizard muggle interactions. Dun, 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 dun. So in this chapter, like Mona said earlier, we have a few major sections here. We have first during his day going to work and at lunch, we have Vernon Dursley interacting with wizards um, and feeling most perturbed by it. And we have in the evening, the, the interaction between um, the news anchors discussing what appear to be freak events, but are in reality the, the existence of wizards being um, close to getting revealed to the muggle world. So Mona, how would you react if a man, a short old man in a lime green cloak came up to you and hugged you? Well, to be fair, that that man would be probably would be my height because I'm that short. <laughs> That's true, yes. But I mean, yes, it would be weird getting by getting hugged by a stranger just out of the blue who's happy. But I mean, if someone's happy, why not? Just continue with their celebration. But then I'm no I'm I'm not Vernon, so there's a big yeah. difference between well, me and him. Considering that we, we are in Sweden, um, hugging people in public is a taboo. Being happy in public is taboo. And wearing anything but black, gray, blue, or white is also kind of weird. Um, I, I, I disagree. Like, people are happy. Like, you know, the typical Swedes are probably, you know, the... The, oh, the yeah, straight-faced, stone-cold-hearted people, but they are the nice people, the ones that you can hug and laugh and talk with, you know? Oh, yeah, Swedes hug their friends, but we are famously anti-social people. We've been called the most social, anti-social, socialist republic in the nation, in the, in the world, sorry. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're, we're, we're kind of a fuck-off and we'll pay your health, for your healthcare country. Yeah, that, that's true. It's a fairly, um, <laughs> fairly accurate description of Sweden. Um, so that's one example. Um, we also have have the owls around Lewinjing, around Surrey, um, shooting stars. That's really something we have to deal with. But in book five, we have interactions between Death Eaters and Muggles taking place. Um, the downing of the bridge in London, um, uh, among other things, we have different cases. For those who, who hasn't read the books or can't remember, spoiler alerts. There yeah, we go. Um, big spoiler warning of the entire, entire podcast. Thank you very much. Um, so, So for me, um, little context here, I am born in Canada. I'm born in a town called Nelson, British Columbia, in the interior of British Columbia, known for marijuana, um, mostly. It's a great town for weed. So people dressed in lime green cloaks, hugging people on the street is uh, run of the mill um, in that town. So that's not really weird for me, but in Stockholm, it would be a bit weird. Um, same thing would be getting called random weird names like Muggle. Um, if you're Vernon Dursley um, and you're 
obsessed with normal, this is not a great thing for you. No, like imagine, Tafi, imagine yourself, someone approaches you in the middle of the street and being like, hey, you're a muggle, or whatever the sentence was with the word muggle. How would you feel? I, I would be more than somewhat confused. Um, I, I would be taken back and thinking like someone's insulting me probably. Maybe. If I didn't know Harry Potter, it's like, yeah, maybe it's like, what are you calling me a muggle, bruv? Yeah, even a great big muggle like you. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> Which in this case, Vernon Dursley is. Um, he is not, he's not a thin man. He lacks um, I mean, the... Being thin wouldn't would not be normal for him. He has to be a bit on the thick side for him to be a normal working man who faces the wall on the ninth floor where he's got a, a beautiful window facing the whole city. Probably exactly. It's 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 definitely a weird way of dealing with this, um, and a weird way of handling his life. Um, he annoys me. Honestly, like, he really annoys me. Just being normal, plain, boring, grumpy man annoys me. Like, no, you're living in London. You're supposed to have the time of your life working, but no. Who should be in his early 20s. Yeah, technically, but he doesn't behave, like, in his, his early 20s. He doesn't behave like I am. I'm 23 now, and he doesn't behave like my age. Well, most people no. don't. Well, um, um, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a typical 23 year old. I'm not yeah. a big. Anyway, so the Dursleys should be in the early 20s, which makes them a very interesting couple that they've so early on grasped onto the, um, the house in the suburbs, car, day job, office job, management kind of ideal. Um, definitely something weird for being 1980s. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, we, we have another section where we have muggle wizard interaction with it, where they don't realize it, and that is in the case of Minerva McBadass McGonagall. Oh, she's McBadass now. She is. I mean, we all love her. She is. She sure is. Do your duty. Protect the castle. <laughs> I will not have you behaving like a, bab a, bab a bunch of babbling, bumbling, babbling buffoons. That's like a tongue twister, I swear to God. It's but okay, Mo moving on. One of the, the, like, the strange things that Vernon noticed was a cat sitting clo close to their house reading a map. And that was one of the first interaction, like one of the first... Um, wizard interactions, right? The first. The first. The first, yes. Okay. Excluding, of course, Lee Evans and James Potter. Yeah, exactly. They must have met exactly. at one point or another. Um, so yeah, we have all these cases where I'm assuming Animagi and, because um, it's not An Animagi says, it's Animagi, um, and wizards interact. Um, but, so that's really interesting. Um, and bringing up all these different cases, we have even wizards interacting with wizards without knowing in the case of Peter Pettigrew. Um, but I really want to round off this podcast um, 
with the reason for wizards not um, for having this um, very weird dress. And Mona, will you fill people in of why the reason is that wizards don't dress like regular people? Um, it's something to do with like 1692, but I don't know the details. 1692 is the wizarding version of the Hitchhiker Guides to the Galaxy is 42. It is the date the International Statute of Secrecy came into effect, and the wizarding world withdrew from regular society. It is the year where, apart from a slow cultural leakage coming from the muggle world, the wizarding world stopped. So you have pocket watches, you have projectors, you have a locomotive even, um, but vast majority of things in the wizarding world have stopped at the turn of the 17th century. And I learned something new today, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So if something was invented prior to 1600, so 1700, it's unlikely that the wizarding world has any major interactions with it. Um, and if they do, it's in a magical version of it, which is fairly interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So we also get into the demographic questions around that and the fact, you know, considering this, where does the demographics and how does that affect um, population movement? But that will be for a different episode. Um, next time on Of Muggles and Mugbloods, we'll be talking about Chapter 2 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The Vanishing Glass, and we'll be, dis we'll be discussing early signs of magic and the issues that we might see with Mug Muggleborn witches and wizards displaying um, McGonagall-like powers at <laughs> infant levels. Um, that, that's going to be a good episode. I'm not even going to deny that. And you will have to tune in then for that information. But McGonagall really has a way with cats. Um, don't, don't let people know what we're going to talk about. They're going to figure it out. Let it be. Anyway, this has been chapter one of, of Muggles and Mudbloods with me, Taffy Wickman and Mona Musa. If you like this podcast, please give us a like on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe, like us on Facebook or find us on Instagram. We are of Muggles and Mudbloods on all platforms. Thank You'll you. find us everywhere by now. Don't worry about it. And we'll see you all next week. Adios.